You are listening to The Political Periscope, a weekly podcast brought to you by Radio WNET. Interviews on international politics, security, geopolitics, economy and more, every Thursday at 7pm. Today's guest of The Political Periscope is Lorenz Nacha, member of the Hungarian Parliament and the spokesperson of the Christian Democratic People's Party, which is in governing coalition with Viktor Orbán's Fidesz. Political Periscope. Yesterday, the European Parliament adopted a report stating that uh, Hungary is no longer a democracy, but it's uh, an electoral uh, autocracy. What do you think about it? It's nothing surprising. Um, we've been through this many times in the European Parliament. The European Parliament, based on a big leftist, left liberal majority, and uh, they would like to punish Hungary again and again since 2013 and especially since 2015 when we built a fence on the southern border of Hungary when we stopped the migration uh, flew uh, through Europe we stopped 400,000 people in that year and even now in 2022 every day more than 1,000, 2,000 illegal migrants are coming to the southern fence, to the southern borders of Hungary and to the southern borders of the European Union. So we are protecting the borders of, uh, of the European Union and that's why they are attacking all again and again and now especially for our child protection law against gender propaganda in schools and in kindergartens and the leftist, the liberal majority of the European Parliament are really angry uh, because we did that. So that's why they. It, it, this report is, is very biased. It's not neutral. It's not impartial. It's not objective. It's a subjective political documentum. But it's not binding. However, uh, will Hungary do something about it uh, in some way? Uh, are, are there any changes uh, planned inside of Hungary to compel better with what European Commission and European Parliament uh, think? First of all, we would like to do our job according to the authorization that the Hungarian voters gave us. In 2022, 3rd of April, it was the fourth consecutive time when the Hungarian voters gave us a big authorization to run the country and do things. It's two-third majority, fourth consecutive time. But on the other hand, we are in constant dialogue with the European Union, with the European Commission as well. And we did a lot of things, even in, in the Council of Europe and the Venice Commission recommendations, the Greco recommendations, and of course the Commission recommendations. We are in constant uh, dialogue with them, and uh, we are we are willing to do some changes in the laws, as we did in the past as well. But there are some points we cannot let the European Union decide uh, on on the on behalf of the Hungarian voters. But not only Hungary has some problems with uh, European Union, especially European Commission, Poland is also uh, in a conflict. Uh, what do you think about it? I think uh, the European Union and especially European bureaucrats want, uh, wanted to prove that only a liberal democracy can be successful. And Poland and Hungary uh, could prove that conservative democracy, Christian democracy can be successful as well, economically, culturally and politically as well. And they cannot bear this situation that Poland and Hungary as conservative 
center-right uh, Christian democratic powers uh, and countries can be successful because we see the numbers, we see how economically doing this country, we see the result of the political elections, we see the result of every quarter of, of the year, like we saw the result, uh, how we tackled the COVID-19 pandemic in Poland and Hungary and the Central European country. And they see that the, uh, the future of the European Union is in Central Europe. And uh, do you think that maybe the future of Central Europe could be in Free Seas Initiative? And if yes, uh, in what way? I think Free Seas Initiative is, is really important. And the future of this changing global political uh, landscape is the regional cooperation. Uh, of course, we need the European Union and the European Union needs us as well, the Central and Eastern European countries. But as with, with these countries... We share some parts of our history. We share some values. Uh, we still exist in Central European region. We need regional cooperation, economically and politically as well. And uh, Visegrad uh, Group, uh, there is going to be a meeting finally. However, the differences uh, seem to be uh, huge between Hungary and uh, other members of Visegrad Group. We said it earlier, and it's true, the Visegrad group is strong because we agreed on more things than, for example, with Germany or with France or with Belgium or with Sweden. Because out of 10 things in the Visegrad meetings, we can agree on seven things. For example, with Sweden, only maybe three things in the agenda of the European Union. And that makes us strong. And we should focus on the seven things we agreed on, not the three things that separate us. You've mentioned Sweden. Uh, Hungary is one of only two countries of NATO uh, which didn't uh, ratify um, the agreement, uh, the, the uh, Sweden and Finland uh, membership uh, in NATO. Why and uh, when will it happen? The ratification is on the agenda of the parliamentary session this autumn. The parliament will begin in uh, in 10 days, I think, uh, here in Hungary. We will we will discuss the situation and of course the the NATO needs to be strengthened. The NATO is a really important uh, alliance and everybody in NATO is our allies. However, you don't really want NATO uh, forces here in Hungary. We have NATO forces in Hungary and, uh, of course, we are taking part in NATO missions uh, in, in in the world. For example, right now, the Kosovo mission's uh, chief is a Hungarian general. Um, the Hungarian soldiers and the Hungarian military groups are really appreciated member of these missions. And as a member of the NATO Parliamentary Assembly, I can say that Um, only the highest respect they get uh, from from the military leaders, from the NATO leaders, the Hungarian soldiers taking part of these uh, missions, and even Hungarian Air Force is uh, defending the, the airspace in the Baltics right now, especially in Lithuania, which, which, which is which is a really hot place right now because of the war. Uh, the war. Uh, let's get back to those uh, three things that uh, divide us. Um, The war, the, the attitude towards Ukraine is one of them. Hungary uh, doesn't want uh, military supplies to, to Ukraine, uh, doesn't want even to allow them through Hungarian territory. Um, uh, two things is most important for us. The first one is peace. Uh, we think that the solution for this war is peace. So 
with every resources, with every political and diplomatic relations we have, we 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 try to move towards a peace agreement, a ceasefire first, of course, and then a peace agreement because nobody likes this war. We con- uh, we uh, we absolutely um, we had the parliamentary um, declaration. Uh, about the bo- war and we 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 stand it up for Ukraine territorial integrity and national sovereignty it's really important more than 1 million refugees from Ukraine came to Hungary or directly to the Ukrainian Hungarian border or to Romania i've been in several times at the Hungarian Ukrainian border we 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 help them a lot i think it's a it's a big number and the biggest humanitarian action in Hungary's history uh is towards Ukraine we send a lot of a uh, lot of aid and a lot of humanitarian aid in the Transcarpathia region where a big Hungarian community lives and beyond the Transcarpathian region to actually to 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 Ukrainian cities to help the Ukrainian people it's an awful war and we have to come to a peace agreement Ukrainians say that the easiest way to peace is defeating Russia the easiest way uh, it, it's yeah of course it's the we can understand the ukrainian uh, way of thinking and and this perspective i think uh, europe is a loser in this war economically and politically as well uh, of course we 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 stand up on ukraine uh, territorial integrity and national sovereignty but the easiest way to come to a peace agreement is a ceasefire and every part of the war have to come to an agreement when they have a ceasefire and then all the diplomatic relations can work i think this is a time where not the generals but the diplomats can can control uh, how how the things uh, things will go in the future and as soon as possible we need a ceasefire but we've seen a ceasefire many ceasefires uh, since uh, 2014 we've seen uh, many diplomatic uh, um, many diplomat the diplomatic approach uh, we've seen uh, two minsk conferences and russia it's it's not russian game they don't play diplomatic game they use it just to prolong the war that's why we need to use all the diplomatic and political power we have in the european union and of course we need the united states for this as well because without the united states there won't be a peace agreement i think in this region and in ukraine especially so the european union as a power as a big political and economical uh, community needs to collect all the powers all the diplomatic experience and relations and has to have pressure on russia to have this ceasefire but buying gas and oil from russia uh, doesn't help this diplomatic pressure and that's what hungary is still doing it's a physical uh, uh, reality you know with ideology with uh, with white papers with policy papers and with ideological and philosophical thinking you cannot heat your apartments and that's a, a geopolitical and physical reality in hungary we don't need any other uh, uh sources to get gas and 85% of the hungarian households are heated by gas that's the reality right now in 2022 we did a lot in the past 12 years uh when uh, since we came into power because um, because there were one interconnectors like gas interconnectors with one neighboring countries back to 20 uh, tw- 2010 and now we have six in different directions 
we have the pipeline through Romania to the Black Sea uh, uh, gas fields. We have the pipelines and the interconnectors to the Crook Island, the LNG terminal. But from the Black Sea, we didn't uh, we didn't get any gas. From the Crook terminal, now we 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 are getting some LNG, but it's not enough for for us. And that's why it is the reality. We are responsible for the Hungarian peoples, for the Hungarian households, uh, and that's why uh, we need to heat them in this winter. So that's that's the physical reality we have. And what about those refugees? I heard that most of Ukrainian refugees didn't stay in Hungary. Is it true? The majority of Ukrainian uh, refugees didn't stay in Hungary, that's true, but a lot of them stayed in Hungary. We organized uh, the education of the Ukrainian children and the, uh, the refugee children. We received, especially the first weeks, we received a lot of refugees from Ukraine, not Ukrainian citizens, students studying in Ukraine, Uh, workers. I met uh, students from Zimbabwe, I met students from Brazil, and so on, so on. So we organized them to, to get them home. Um, we organized the education of the refugee children, and we offered everybody who wanted to stay a job opportunity, even a state job, or in the market, uh, we, could, we, could, we could prepare that. So a lot of them, of course, stayed, but As, of course, uh, the majority of the Ukrainian refugees went towards, or even uh, uh, a few of them went back and, and stayed in the Transcarpathia region, which is a quite secure region uh, in, in Ukraine. But unlike... Uh Uh, I, unlike in Baltic states uh, or Prague or Poland, I didn't see many Ukrainian flags here in Budapest, almost none. Well, I don't know how many Ukrainian flags in Budapest. I like to see in the front of the parliament the Hungarian flag. Uh, but of course, uh, what I saw in the Hungarian-Ukrainian border when I was there several times, it was really... It's, it was really touching. A lot of people throughout the country, from the from the longest distance, from the other under corner of the country, came to help, came to bring some donation, came to, I don't know, make sandwiches for them, uh, offer ride for them to Budapest to the to the big railway stations or bus station or the airport. They came uh, came to help and did this work voluntarily. The whole country just moved like a union uh, together to help the Ukrainian refugees and, of course, the Hungarian national minorities living in Ukraine because a lot of them, they came to Hungary as well and they needed help. So we have more than one million people. Does Hungarian society understand well that uh, this war is Russian's fault or are there any doubts, any different opinions? I know. We, we exactly know who is the aggressor. The aggressor is Russia, who, 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 uh, who, who did a, a wrong, absolutely wrong thing in the 21st century, settling the debates. It's not through war. That's for sure. That's why settling your debates, because you can have debates with your neighboring countries. It's general throughout the world. We see the conflict uh, through, uh, between Azerbaijan and Armenia right now. We, we saw some territorial uh, uh, debates in, in, in China and in Japan and so on, so on. So, of course, the, there are debates. 
but we have to settle these debates through diplomatic channels. The war can't be the solution for every debate. So it's 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 absolutely unacceptable, and every Hungarian uh, citizen know who is the aggressor. Do you think that uh, Polish-Hungarian relations can ba- get back to such good level as it was before the February twenty twenty two? It's a It's a it's a long friendship, the Polish-Hungarian friendship and relations going back to the history, centuries. Uh, so um, many centuries, throughout many centuries, we could be allies, we could be friends, we could be even with the same king sometimes uh, throughout the history. So it it's in our DNA, Polish-Hungarian friendship, dwa bratanki. It's in our, it's our it's in our DNA. So I hope and I I I think that that uh, that we could restore these 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 uh, these toes that separates us and get back together jointly a force uh, towards making a better Europe and making a more more valuable place here in Central Europe, making the regional cooperation succeed and so on. So just for the end, so there is no risk for democracy, neither in Hungary nor in Poland. I think the democracy is in really good shape in Poland and in Hungary as well. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. This was The Political Periscope. The podcast is released every Thursday at 7 p.m.